broadcasting from down on the bayou. It's the Average Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, powered by Lake Area Media, LLC. And now your hosts, David Boston and Patrick Fry. And welcome to episode 94 of the Average Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. Check us out online. We're everywhere where you are. Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon, at The Average Marks. What's up, Patrick? Not much, man. We are, uh, man, we back. We uh, took a a big hiatus uh, over the past, about 19 months is what I've counted out. I may be off by a month or two, but... We've been out for a while, so uh, man, it, it's good to be back. It's good to talk some wrestling. A lot has happened in the wrestling world since we've been gone, uh, since September of 2019. Plenty to catch up on, but we're not going to sit here and just catch up on everything. We're going to talk about what's happening now, because for the most part, you probably already know what's happened in the past 19 months. But we're back, episode number 94, and uh, you know we're coming off of a big... Uh, Big weekend in pro wrestling, of course, with the, the biggest wrestling event of the year. And then some big news dropped today that we're getting ready to talk about here. So, uh, But what we're going to talk about today on The Average Marks, episode number 94, we're going to talk about the WWE releases today. They did their uh, spring cleaning, I guess is what a lot of people call it. And then, of course, we're going to recap WrestleMania this past weekend. What a, a two nights it was. Very interesting Things happened over at WrestleMania this past weekend, and then now the Wednesday Night War is officially over. We're going to take a look at the... We're going to kind of recap it, I guess, a little bit. It, it's it's interesting that we've been gone so long. We were literally took the hiatus right before the Monday... Or excuse me, the Wednesday Night Wars started, and now we're back right after they're over with. So, like, it's almost like we took a hiatus almost exactly... During the Wednesday Night Wars, which is just, I, I find it somewhat ironic, but we're going to talk about that, recap that. Uh, and then also, you got some stuff uh, in the rumor mill, right? The rumor yeah. mill is back as well. And we're going to talk about that as well. So, all of that is coming up here on the 94th episode of The Average Marks for April 15th, 2021. That's right. As you see the crawl on the bottom of the screen, www.collarandelbowbrand.com. They're a sponsor of the show. You can use the code AVERAGEMARKS, one word, at checkout and get 10% off your entire order. And I don't know if you can see it here, Patrick. Let me make it a little bit bigger. This shirt says only marks. Mm-hmm. So I thought that'd be I, apropos for our yeah. first one back. Oh, yes, sir. You're right. And it's I on saw sale it, right now. You know, before we were on the air, I saw you looking. I was like, well, that's a very appropriate shirt for, for this show. <laughs> yeah. It is $24.99. No, it's not, Patrick. It's been marked down to $19.99. Oh, there we go. So a crisp, uh, who's on the $20 bill? Is it Jackson? Uh, I don't carry cash as much anymore, so I forget who's on who's on what, but a crisp Jackson will get you this shirt. Yes, marks, and you'll so. have some change left over because you get 10% off that $19.99. Yeah, use the code THEAVERAGEMARKS at checkout. Yeah, most definitely. And to save you some money and you can get some pretty cool uh, wrestling streetwear. Not only do you help Al Snow, but you help your boys as well because you pay the same low price. You get 10% off and they kick back a little bit to us and it helps us pay for Melon, what we're broadcasting on. It helps us pay for other things as well. And uh, it's just a really nice gesture. 
All right, you ready to dive into the first topic here? Let's do it. All right, DB. Well, you know, I was writing out the 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 rundown earlier today, and I started off with WrestleMania. Obviously, it was a big weekend in Tampa Bay this past weekend, so I'm you know putting down some details. And in the middle of me, you know, writing down the details of the WrestleMania recap, I start seeing you know Facebook posts, tweets. Uh, the first one I saw was, I think, uh, <laughs> was, I love that. That's a, that's a great one right there. I love that. Um, <laughs> now, now you're going to make me, uh, just not stop laughing, but, um, you're fired. So, first one, so of course a year ago today, and I didn't even know this either until it happened again today was they called it black Tuesday, I believe was mm. where, or, or something where they let go of a bunch of WWE superstars, um, all in one day. It was on April 15th, 2020, and obviously with the pandemic and everything, I wouldn't say we were surprised or we weren't surprised, but, you know, it was a, it was a big deal. It was a big, you know, dump of talent and everything. And then exactly one year later, you know, right on cue, you know, we get some more talents that are being dropped. Uh, I got the list right here. Billy Kay, Peyton Royce, two that were surprising. Billy Kay's actually release statement came out I guess I would say about 30 minutes before we knew Peyton Royce because they kind of staggered out some of these names earlier today. Billy Kay was the first one I saw on Twitter. I saw Tucker and Mickey James, two were some more that girl, uh, came Mickey. out early. Yeah, I know. And, you know, Mickey, a lot of people weren't surprised about Mickey. They weren't using her. She's a legend and everything. You know, she's kind of, you know, she's run her course. I Maybe guess. she can go spend more time with her thin-skinned husband. Because yeah, we're still blocked on Twitter from Nick Aldis. <laughs> yeah, Nick Aldis blocked us on Twitter. I'm sure if you go back and sure. listen to one of our old episodes, um, we have the story of that somewhere. But um, Mickey James, and then uh, of course Peyton Royce, as I mentioned. So the Iconics as a team, even though they were split up in WWE, are now free agents. Kalisto, uh, I think uh, it was Kalisto. Yeah, he was a former United States champion. Yeah. Uh, he's been released. Um, this guy, I'm not even sure if I've ever heard of him, but uh, Wesley Blake. Uh, oh, Wesley Blake? Yeah. yeah. Wesley no, Blake. No, I've never heard of him either. <laughs> <laughs> um, Chelsea Green also, um, you know, who I've at one time deemed the great value uh, version of Peyton Royce. But, Dang. Uh, man, they just look alike. And, but, man, I tell you what, she's, uh, you know, she's coming into her own. But Apparently also, not. Well, yeah, I guess not, at least not with WWE, but um, Bo Dallas also. And then the biggest surprise of them all, and I listed him last just because Samoa Joe is uh, now a free agent. Well, at least in 90 days, he's going to be free agent because all of these people do have to wait the 90 days. They have the 90-day no-compete clause, which will be up on July the 14th and is also a Wednesday. And we know what television show comes on Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock on TNT. But, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see where all these, you know, these talents go. Uh, Samoa Joe, like I said, was surprising. Billy Kay was uh, surprising to a lot of people because, you know, she's uh, she's entertaining in her own right. You know, she's, uh, you know, they, they, they never really, her and Peyton, they never really showed off their in-ring skills uh, a ton. But like their personalities and them on the mics and just their presence and their entertainment value was was really up there, and not to mention they're both gorgeous uh, women as well. But and they they're just entertaining. I always found them entertaining. I found their inner their promos more entertaining than their you know than their matches. So yeah. 
you know, it's funny. You're talking about them right now. You remember a few years ago when they came to the Lake Charles Civic Center and you were out there broadcasting live on Facebook? I do remember that. And that's probably wanted, also in the archives so, of our Facebook page. They wanted so bad to get out of their car and come talk to you guys. And the first time it got ruined by the security guy. And then the second time it was Randy Orton's bus had to come through. Yes. I do and they couldn't come that. talk to you guys because they had to keep moving. Yeah, and I do. I now, now that you when you mentioned Orton's bus, uh, that's what a hole because <laughs> I do remember that we're outside the Lake Charles Civic Center, and um, you know, there's, there's a house show back when house shows were still a thing, and we're outside, you know, with a bunch of other fans as the, the wrestlers are, you know, arriving, getting out of their cars, and some come talk. You know, the faces usually will go talk to the fans, and then the heels, you know, just blow us off and you know, keep kayfabe alive out there, and of course, the Iconics, uh, you know, they had many fans out there. They wanted to come, you know, they wanted to come over. And I was standing near the, the you know, the main group of fans. And there wasn't like a, a ton of fans out there. There might have been 20, 30 people total out there. But there were some fans out there, obviously, some hardcore fans. And, you know, they wanted to come over. And as they were getting ready to walk over, like the security guards kind of telling them, well, hold on, you got to make, make way. And this humongous RV is, is backing into, and let me make this clear to everyone else. It's like in a Hyundai Sonata. Yeah, everyone else shows up in rental cars or their personal or whatever, a, a vehicle, a four-door vehicle. And one person, I'm telling you, I think this was the only, I'm pretty sure this was the only RV that just rolled up into this. And there wasn't a very big area to put all these vehicles that were showing up. I mean, they only had, you know, a certain little portion outside the Civic Center blocked off. And then here comes Orton's bus, who we found out later. We didn't know at the time. We we're thinking... You know, we're trying to talk to the iconics, but here comes this big old black RV uh, just backing in there. And but uh, one of the fans knew who it was because Peyton or one of them was like, "Hey, we're about to come talk to you guys." And she rolled up her window, and then that's when the bus was coming by, and she was like, "F Randy Orton." Oh well, that might be on the the live video. I might have to go back and look that. That was in I think June of 2019, maybe. Yeah. I want to say that was a yeah almost two years ago, but but yes, Billy Kay, Peyton Royce, um, unfortunately released. Um, a lot of people ex- are speculating because Peyton Royce is married to Sean Spears, he's with AEW. That Peyton Royce is going to go to AEW and take Billy Kay with her, and they're going to have an Iconics reunion. I don't know if they'll be able to call them the Iconics, but I would imagine you know not. we'll see. But you know, of course, none of this can happen till July fourteenth. Tucker wasn't really surprised about um, you know they broke him and Otis up, uh, and Otis is entertaining. Tucker was always to me just you know he, he was, was extremely athletic for how big he was. Though. Yeah, he was a very athletic dude, but I don't know. I guess he had to you know when you. Because Otis is just, you know, Otis is Otis. I mean, there's really no way to describe him. And, you know, Tucker was, I mean, compared to Otis, I mean, I'm going to be honest, he was boring, you know, like, yeah. but a lot of people are boring compared to, you know, the shenanigans that Otis likes to pull sometimes. But um, they released him. They weren't doing anything with him. And they're not really doing much with, with Otis these days either. They gave him the money in the bank contract. And then they said, no, you're going to lose it now to the Miz who used it to cash in on a one-week reign, but that's a another story for another day. Um, Mickey James, I, I mentioned it earlier. Not too surprised. Uh, wow, I love she you got, Mickey, though. Yeah, oh, yeah, I love Mickey James. Mickey James is, is really awesome. Hadn't been doing nothing with her. I mean, said she's run her course in WWE two times. Um, so, you know, good luck to Mickey James wherever she goes. Wherever she goes, you know, someone's going to get some, you know, very valuable 
You know, so and, and you know what? We talk about, you know, where these people are going to go. A lot of people are going to want these guys, especially Samoa Joe. And I know Brinkman told me this earlier. He's going to want Samoa Joe to go to AEW. And folks are going to want a lot, of these, a lot of these people to go to AEW because that's outside of WWE. It's, it, it's, argue, it's the hottest thing in, in America right now, pro wrestling wise. But, um, and it, it, arguably it may be hotter than WWE to some people. But, you know, wondering if any of these people are going to show up in AEW. I think Mickey James would be not necessarily from a, you know, in-ring performer standpoint, but she can certainly help out the women's division, which, you know, still some places trying to find their way. So I think Mickey James would be very valuable in an AEW whose women's division is still trying to, you know, uh, find their way, like I said. But uh, they're getting better. I, I'm becoming more and more impressed with the AEW women's division. I could, I'll talk about that later. But, um, and then, of course, Samoa Joe. I mean, yeah. dude, like, shocked. I mean, and he wasn't on the initial list. It was Billy Kay, Tucker, and Mickey James, I think, were the initial three. Never would I have thought that they were going to pull the trigger on Samoa Joe because he's been on commentary. Well, go ahead. I'm sorry. I saw you were about to say something. Well, I wonder if they tried to restructure his contract. That's why it came out later to like a, you know, like a commentator's contract. And he was like, I'm not taking a pay cut, bro. I'm Samoa Joe. It's possible. And, you know, I think we're, we're going to find out, obviously, you know, I think I saw Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful.com has already reached out to Samoa Joe for like an interview, like I want to interview you, you know, so some people may be reaching out to Samoa Joe for interviews. A lot of the fans like to speculate Jericho's going to try and get some of these people on his podcast. You know, Tucker even tweeted out, I'm ready to tell my story or some something like that along those lines, not long after he got released. So that's all about. But now WWE is saying it's because of budget cuts, uh, which, you know, okay, hey, it could be, but, um, you know, that, you know, I guess they, they have their reasons, but, Certainly, Samoa Joe was very surprising, considering he was coming off of commentary, and it's it is possible that what you're saying is true because a lot of people thought that you know obviously he was on commentary because he was injured. I I want to say it was concussions. He kept getting concussions. I'm not 100 percent sure on that, but I thought I read that somewhere. Uh, don't quote me on that. But you know he was taken off of commentary. We're thinking, all right. WrestleMania, you know, usually after WrestleMania, it's kind of a reset. It's like a new season, start of a new season in WWE. So people thought, okay, maybe he's being cleared to wrestle. He's going to get back in the ring. I was personally hoping he would get back in the ring too and mix it up with Bobby Lashley, you know, because Bobby Lashley, you know, beat Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania pretty handily. And Drew, you know, right now is arguably the most formidable opponent for Bobby Lashley, but next in line, healthy-wise, I would say, you know, it could be Samoa Joe. But now he's, you know, he's been released, and, you know, now he's uh, 90 days. He's going to be somewhere else. It it will not take him long to find work. I promise you that. And it it shows you, I guess, what they think of his talent level, maybe. I mean, because we were talking here earlier, and I was like, this is the same company that let Daniel Bryan wrestle after supposedly he was convulsing after matches and throwing up blood. And they said, eventually, ah, you know what? You go ahead and wrestle. But they couldn't wait around for Samoa Joe to get better? Yeah, that that is an interesting point. Um, and, you know, we had this conversation off the air earlier 
I was saying, you know, how popular Daniel Bryan was. I mean, he got to the point where the fans like were clamoring for him so much that they had they had no choice but to put him in the main event at WrestleMania 30 and have him win the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. The fans have never been that over for Samoa Joe. They've been, you know, over at times for Samoa Joe, myself included. Um, but they'd never been to the point where they, you know, took to Twitter and demanded that Samoa Joe be added to the main event at WrestleMania. Some fans may have, you know, clamored for that, but not to the point where, you know, fan. I mean, those yes chants in early 2014, my goodness. I mean, everyone yeah. in the arena were, were doing the yes chants. It was uh, one of the, arguably one of the greatest, you know, moments in WrestleMania history when Daniel Bryan won the... And then, of course, you know, a few months later, he had to give it up and went to a first retirement. I think he came back, won the Intercontinental title the next year. Well, no, he wasn't retired at that point. He just he got injured again, came back, won the Intercontinental belt, and then had to retire. Eventually came back like, what, two or three years later. Back in 2018, he came back at WrestleMania 34. And and since then, you know, and then he turned heel, you know, also as well for a little while. So he just, man, them injuries really, I guess, uh, you know, took some steam. It took a lot of steam out of his just momentum as a – and fans still, you know, like him, but he just, man, he was white hot. Yeah. In 2014. But Samoa Joe was just never, I guess, quite to that point. You know, I mean, and I'm, I'm, my, that, that's my reasoning of, you know, <laughs> of thinking of how they, you know, thought of it themselves. I can't think of the term to use, but they were probably thinking, well, he's, you know, has he really drawn that much for us? Is it, you know, we, we could probably just, you know, he's been here long enough. He's, do, he's done this and that, but maybe they just don't think he's going to, be a draw, which they would be wrong, but all right. You know. So quick fantasy booking before we get into WrestleMania 37, who would you like to see Samoa Joe with feud in AEW? <laughs> a lot of people, um, man. Oh, you know what? Someone said it on Twitter earlier and I was like, I would love this. Samoa Joe and Eddie Kingston. I think that would be man. The promos those guys would hit on each other, man. Yeah, I but would, Eddie I Kingston sit, I would is sit not there. At, Go ahead. Eddie Kingston is not at Joe's level in the ring, though. Maybe There's not. No way he could survive. Maybe not, but I think the promos those guys would throw at each other would be just absolutely legendary. And I think it. You can have them wrestle for five minutes. The promos they're gonna hit, you know, gonna have on each other would be worth just watching them wrestle for five minutes and have and have Joe go over. Or what about who, Samoa Joe and Lance Archer? That would be it. That that was another one that kind of came into my head too. Um, I would love to see anybody wrestle Archer. I, I like Lance Archer. He's he's really good. Uh, they're teasing him and Sting right now. Maybe I don't know, but um, they've well, had Steve, a couple of got some gas in the tank. Yeah, he's got a little bit, um, but Archer's got plenty of gas in the tank. I think him and Archer would be another another good one. I think Archer would probably probably be in the top two, three guys I would like to see him go up against in AEW. Um, I'm trying but you to know who of, they give us? They give us Samoa Joe versus J.D. Drake. Well, I don't know if they're going to give us that, but even uh, Samoa Joe like and Christian, I, I, would, I would like to see that. You know, two yeah. vets who... 
you know, are still I, I can still go at a very high level. I, I think that would be great. And I mean, those two they they've run into each other in TNA. They got a little history there. So, I mean, that's uh, you'd like to see that. But uh, the people that are in the chat, no matter what platform you're on, go ahead and hit us up. Who would you like to see Samoa Joe feud with in AEW? Yeah, who? who Fantasy book this Samoa Joe's first feud in AEW if he goes there or or, or just give us some feuds you want to see not necessarily it don't even have to be first but yeah would love to see the who Samoa Joe could possibly match up with in AEW and there's a chance maybe he doesn't you know go to AEW he might go somewhere else I mean he's gonna be a pretty hot you know commodity Nah Tony Khan's gonna want him and of course Samoa's gonna want that paycheck It's yeah certainly um because I don't see anybody else that's going to probably match what Tony Khan would pay for for Samoa Joe, and uh, it would be let's it, it, put it this way: he's arguably, I would say, the hottest free agent on the market. Maybe since like AEW started doing Dynamite, possibly yeah, since Jericho. Yeah, uh, possibly. Yeah, I would. I would say he's up there. Or Jericho uh, Moxley. I mean, you know what? Like when AEW started, you know. I'm talking about since, you know, because they got the Bucks, they got, you know, Cody, they got Omega, they were all free agents at the time, Hangman, um, and then you had Jericho, who was a free agent as well. But since Dynamite has started, these guys have already signed, you know, there's really been, I'm trying to think of, you know, Sting was out there, but Sting was, you know, Sting was pretty big, big free agent, I guess, but he's, you know, he doesn't compete to the frequency of what Samoa Joe does these days, or at least before he was injured. So yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of someone else who was a hotter free agent out there than, than Samoa Joe is right now. But I mean, I'm having a, I'm, I'm having a hard time just cause I can't remember, but there may be some guys out there who are out there in the, the free agent market who, you know, or, or certainly like Christian, maybe even Christian was probably, you know, a pretty hot, like hot free agent, like, it seemed that Tony Khan, they really wanted Christian after yeah. he made that appearance at the the Rumble, and you know he wasn't. It was just a one night, you know, one night only thing with WWE at the Rumble, and they, they, Tony Khan, they were pretty quick to pull that trigger and get Christian to a multi year deal. Right. So, but Samoa Joe, I would say, yeah, give me uh, Samoa Joe and Eddie Kingston first and foremost, and then maybe Lance Archer. And then Christian, I think it would be a, a really fun little uh, little what's the word I'm looking for feud. I don't know why I couldn't think of the word, but uh, a little feud there. So that's what the top three. Who, who would you like to see? Anybody you, you had in mind? Well, Lance Archer number one, um, and then I think him and John Moxley could have a great feud. You're right about that. I almost forgot. How did I forget about Moxley? Moxley would be, uh, since I made my top three already, I'll, I'll put Moxley at number four. That would be another great, fantastic. The promos those two guys would throw at each other would be amazing. Yeah. And then, uh, like, him and Cody. Okay, yeah. They're pretty good, too. Uh, yeah, you, like I said, I don't know why I was, you know, I was thinking of, I don't know, I guess I was trying to think, think too much outside the box, but... Oh God! And I think or, or Joe, even, but you know what? I think Joe is gonna whoever he feuds with, it's gonna mm-hmm. be great, just because Samoa Joe is, is that good. Right. I mean, I remember when Samoa Joe got his. I think his he went one on one with Lesnar back at Great Balls of Fire 2017, and that was a, a really good match. That was probably one of Lesnar's better matches, in my opinion. 
he's had with, with Samoa Joe, and Samoa Joe took him to the limit. Samoa Joe was very close to taking that belt from him, but man, uh, and then the, just the promos he even had with Lesnar. I've seen people share them today on Twitter, where him and Lesnar, it's almost seemed like they had like it was almost like a shoot promo. It wasn't a shoot, but it seemed like it, and it was a really really good promo that he cut with Lesnar, and Reigns was also in there too, but. Yeah, Samoa Joe, man. Um, I hope he shows up in AEW because you know since since the the last time we did an episode, I've watched a ton of AEW almost every week. I've watched a lot more AEW than I have any other professional wrestling, um, and I've enjoyed it. And you know we're gonna talk about that coming up here in a little bit. But I would be ecstatic. I will mark out if Samoa Joe shows up on AEW Dynamite or or an AEW in general. Like, yeah, Joe's really good at the shoot style promo. He brings a lot of the real world stuff into it. Like when uh, he was doing it with AJ as well and with the <laughs> whole wife situation. Yes. And then uh, did you ever hear the story about how Kevin Nash slapped him in the oh. uh, in the back at TNA because of one of his promos? I don't think I have, no. Yeah, he started shooting on Scott Hall while Scott Hall wasn't there. And he came back there. He's like, did you really mean that about Scott? And he was like, yeah. He was like, I slapped him. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard that. That's he was like, he tried to get up, I slapped him again. Well, damn. But hey, I, you know, props, I guess, to Kevin Nash for, you know, standing up to it for his friend. So, yeah. Who was, I'm sure Scott Hall wasn't in the best of shape at the time. No, I'd imagine not. Well, all right. So, yeah, that pretty much covers it as far as the the releases, you know, like I said, I'll go over one more time. Billy Kay, Peyton Royce, Tucker, Mickey James, Kalisto, Wesley Blake, Chelsea Green, Bo Dallas, and Samoa Joe. Um, there Not may be Wesley more. Blake. <laughs> there may be more, but as of this recording, that that's I think that's the only ones I got. If anybody's in the chat, um, if I miss somebody, let me know. But uh, yeah, so this past weekend was WrestleMania 37, even though they're not using the numbers anymore. WrestleMania 37, basically somewhat of a repeat as far as the theme of WrestleMania goes that they were going to use last year at Raymond James Stadium. Ultimately, because of the pandemic, it ended up at the Performance Center. This year, they got to do it in front of fans as well. The first time WWE, at least either Raw or SmackDown, has had live fans at a show. And they kept saying it one year, one month, and one day since they've had fans at a WWE show that wasn't NXT. NXT's actually been having, I think, limited fans, or I don't know if that's just some of their talent that's all been acting as an audience, but uh, it was definitely the the biggest crowd. They say they had 25,000 there, but some people are saying they didn't have that many each night. But it was either way, whether there was 25,000 people there or 2,500 people there, it was... I was pumped for to watch WrestleMania because I knew there was going to be fans, and that was the one thing, honestly, that re- made me really want to watch. I just wanted to watch it because they had fans, and there was a couple of things that intrigued me. You know, there was the hype going into WrestleMania was not the hype that I guess WrestleMania deserves, in my opinion. Uh, the Bianca Sasha thing, you know, I was I was pretty pumped to watch that. Uh, I wasn't really excited to see anything else. I was kind of intrigued to watch uh, Omos wrestle, even though I don't think he did that much. But but anyway, so let, let, let's get into it. WrestleMania, night one, Saturday night. The main card starts at 7 o'clock, you know, and 
me as a fan, like I'm getting hype. I'm like, dude, like, like I was hype. I was almost as hype as if I was there. And because I knew there was going to be fans, I was ready to hear some fans' reactions. So WrestleMania starts at 7 o'clock, and there had been weather, terrible weather conditions all throughout the day over there in Tampa on that Saturday. Even, I think, like an hour and a half before the pre-show started, the fans had to, like, evacuate was the term they used. I think they had to go into the corridors or whatever the case may be. But weather, terrible weather coming through, and they had to do a... A rain delay, but then they allowed him to come back. WrestleMania starts, 7 o'clock. Vince comes out, gives this big speech with all the superstars on the stage, talking about, you know, for the past year and change, we've, you know, our our talent has, our, our superstars have performed tirelessly for you, but we always knew there was that one thing missing, the most important thing, and that's you, the WWE Universe. And so, and welcomed him to WrestleMania, welcomed him back, and, and things like that. And it was a pretty cool little moment that Vince came out at the top of the show with all of the talent on the stage and, and did that. And then, you know, the intro comes in. I'm jacked up because, you know, the WWE production team, they always put together one hell of an intro for WrestleMania. Well, WrestleMania comes on the air. They go down to Michael Cole and the now free agent Samoa Joe. I think it was Samoa Joe, and or maybe it was Corey Graves. I don't remember. Um, and Byron Saxton, whose mic ended up not working, but yeah. um, you know they send it. And then the first thing Michael Cole, you know, welcome to WrestleMania. Uh, we unfortunately have to let you know that we're now officially in a rain delay. So the show started like it was. I think as the show was starting, they realized, oh <clears throat> crap, we have to go to a, a rain delay. So they scramble. Because this is like on the fly now, all of a sudden. They scramble, and Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley are supposed to be up first. And, you know, this is supposed to be the first match back with fans. And, you know, they did America the Beautiful. The Jets flew over. I mean, the fans were ready to, to burst. I was ready to burst at that point. And then the rain delay comes. And, like, yeah. all the fans have to go back out into the corridors. And I think that kind of... I don't know. Took some, took a little bit of life out of them. I think. I don't think the reactions were probably as loud as they would have been had we not had a rain delay and everything. But the the, the fans' reactions were, were were still good. I mean, you know, Drew came out to a pretty good pop. Lashley even came out. I thought he had a decent little pop for being a heel. But I think they were just happy. You know, hey, we're we're glad to be here. We're happy. We're excited. Yeah. They put on a good match. Um, I picked Drew to win it, and Bobby won. I was very sh- surprised, but I wasn't. I wasn't upset about it because I think Bobby Lashley, you know, it's, a, it's been a long time coming for Bobby Lashley. He's always had that look, and now you know he's the WWE champion. He's looking unstoppable. I mean, you know, he's a guy that you know when Lesnar was on his run, you know, there weren't many guys that we could think that could legitimately beat Lesnar, but Bobby Lashley was one of those guys. So it's uh, nice to see Bobby Lashley holding the WWE championship for the first time in his career. Um, you know, and he's been in WWE. Well, you know, he went to impact and then came back, but he was in WWE. I mean, what, 13, 14 years ago. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he won, I think the, did he, win, did he win the intercontinental belt his first time around? I don't remember. I know he won the U S title maybe, but then, and then he won the U S title in his second go around. And then now eventually, you know, he, uh, he beat the Miz, which, you know, it was kind of a squash match. He beat the Miz, and then I was thinking to myself, you know, 
I want Drew to get that, you know, that that big WrestleMania win for the title in front of fans because he didn't get that that luxury last year. And then and then Bobby beats him in, in a shock to me, but I think it was a pretty good match. Uh, and you know, I'm not mad about Bobby Lashley winning at all. I was like, I, like I was saying, I was thinking, man, it's gonna kind of suck that Bobby's gonna have to like give it back to Drew because I really thought Drew was going to win it, but. I'm actually, you know, kind of, kind of happy that Bobby still got it, and uh, you know, it's terrible they 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 broke up the hurt business though. Man, that was, I don't know what the reasoning. Apparently, it was just Vince. It was like break them up, and even you know we had this conversation too. Bobby and MVP went to Vince directly. We're like, we don't want to, we don't want this faction to break up. We want it to keep going. They couldn't talk uh they couldn't talk him into or talk him out of it to break them up so uh that's unfortunate i see cruz uh in the chat there oh snap them dudes are back yes cruz we're back thanks for <laughs> coming hang out we talking uh, you know, about wrestlemania so i know he probably won't stick around for that <laughs> but and, and speaking uh, of mvp i think yeah. that's the reason why he's going to have a long run is because mvp is such a great mouthpiece the guy's so yeah. charismatic and so great I think they're going to keep Bobby Lashley on top for a while. And um, hopefully Bobby Lashley's breaking them off with some good meals and some watches and some new yeah. cars. Because, you know, as I was saying earlier, talking about Samoa Joe being released, you know, I, I thought since he was going to come off, and a lot of folks thought since he was coming off a of commentary that he had been cleared to wrestle and he was going to get back in the ring. And to me, you know, he's one of the top guys who should be challenging Bobby Lashley or it could give Bobby Lashley maybe a legit threat to take that title. But now he's gone. So I'm trying to think of other people off the top of my head that are, uh, you know, on Raw. I mean, you want it from The Miz. I don't see The Miz getting it back from him. Uh, you know, he just lost to Bad Bunny, which was a very uh-huh. impressive performance, I must say. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But, but uh, yeah, Bobby Lashley, he's going to – he'll they, they need to let him run with it for a little while, at least through the summer. Get him to SummerSlam with it. And uh, we'll see who they get for SummerSlam. Maybe they have fans. Maybe they bring Lesnar back because Bobby's been wanting that Lesnar match. Maybe they, if I don't even know if Lesnar is technically under contract right now with WWE, even. But uh, I think that at some point that might be the guy to take it off of him. I don't know, but I think you need to have him hold on to it through the summer, get him to SummerSlam, and give him Lesnar. He's been wanting Lesnar. I think that would be a, a. I think that that has a chance to be a fantastic match, him and Lesnar. Yeah. And then, you know, I think the story kind of tells itself there, just because of the, you know, Lesnar did MMA, Bobby did MMA, um, and things like that. They're, you know, they've they got a, a lot of similarities, so to speak. So uh, they could tell a really good story there. I think with with Lashley and, and Lesnar. Right. I'm sorry. I, I feel like I'm talking a lot, so I want I want to let you get in on the conversation here, but no, uh, you're good. Cause you saw WrestleMania. I didn't. Okay. Well, uh, but yeah, so that was a good match. So, and I, I'm talking a lot about trying to run through these, you know, as quickly and swiftly as possible. I'm not going to run through every match, but, uh, the fans were back for two nights. That was a really good thing. Now the best match I think I saw on WrestleMania, I would have to say was probably a Cesaro versus Seth Rollins uh, was a really good match. Uh, a lot of people, I think, will agree with that. Cesaro got a huge victory. You know, that's another guy I was talking about, but he's on SmackDown, though, isn't he? Cesaro, or is he on Raw? 
because he fought Rollins. Rollins is on SmackDown. I was going to say Cesaro could be somebody to you know fight Bobby Lashley, get in that title picture, because now a lot of folks are clamoring for Cesaro to be in the world title picture. He's on okay, I think he's on SmackDown now because people were asking if you know or saying we should see Roman Reigns versus Cesaro at WrestleMania Backlash uh, in a few weeks, but Cesaro got a big win there. He swung. Let's see, how many total swings? At one point, he swung Rollins 23 times around, which is a record. Holy cow. For once. But then he did it like nine times before that, so I think he's got like 32 total. He had like 32 total swings in the match. Wow. But these guys put on a heck of a match. Um, Rollins is, I don't know what Rollins is doing. Uh, his 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 interview during the rain delay, I showed that to you earlier, was yeah. uh, it's a little wacky, but I, I like it actually. I was I was a, I'm a fan uh, of this new Rollins, and then I saw some of his cameos that he sent to fans, where he's just I don't know. It seems like he's having a good time. If he's having a good time, then you know he just had a new baby uh, with, with old Becky Lynch, who should be coming back soon. So he's in, you know, he's he's a dad now. So if he's enjoying his life like that, hey, have at it, Seth. That's what I say. Um, another good match too was Bianca and Sasha. I think that that was a fantastic match. Um Bianca's the real deal. Uh she's the future of the you know the the women's division and she she needs to hold that belt for for a little while because she's got she's got all the tools in in the in the tool bag to uh to be a superstar and we've been knowing that for a long time. I mean she was a track star at, at the University of Tennessee. She's athletic. She got the look She's got the personality. She she's got the it factor basically. So I hope they keep it on her uh, for a little while. They had a great match. Uh, it was a good ending because she used her hair that as was a crazy. whip on Sasha. And I'm telling you, that thing was so loud. And I mean, the welt came up almost almost instantly on Sasha. I mean, I it think like it was a like a whip. minute. Do what? It was like a bull whip. Yeah, it was like a minute or two later. I saw the whelp on Sasha. I was like, damn, that didn't take long. And I was like, that, you know, that was a legit whip that, you know, Sasha took there uh, across the the side of her or her side, the side of her stomach, I guess you can say. But uh, that was a good match as well. Night one was probably way better than night two. A lot of people did not like what happened on night two. Um, But one more thing I want to add about night one. The biggest surprise about night one, or the the I guess the, the person who stole the show for me was Bad Bunny. I mentioned it a little while ago. He was impressive. I mean, he, you know, because a lot of celebrities come in there and they look like they don't know what the hell they're doing. Um, but Bad Bunny, it looked like he belonged in a wrestling ring. I know he's a, you know, sells all his Latin hip hop records and does a fantastic job of that but man he's he's got some serious skills uh he, he's quite the athlete from what i saw and he he just knows what to do when he gets in that ring like he looks like he's very comfortable in the ring he sold great he did a canadian destroyer which they called the bunny destroyer <laughs> um and he he everything he did there wasn't many things he did that looked bad i tell you what let me ask um, you this. Better celebrity performance, Bad Bunny or Pat McAfee? I would have to say based, I mean, overall from the entire match, I would give it to McAfee. Mm-hmm. But 
I mean, McAfee is also, you know, he's a, he was a professional athlete. Like, I expected him to do, you know, decent. And then he's a great promo. Like, McAfee, arguably, I want, like, people still, some people will say he's the be- he was the best promo in NXT for, for a while. Um, Joe Morin in the Mighty chat. Joe, What's up, Joe? Good to see you, man. Yeah, uh, shout out to Turnbuckle Talk. Yes, Turnbuckle Talk. Those guys will follow. Yeah, they uh they they're on Mondays afternoons. Check them out. Turnbuckle talk. I, I check them out every now and again. I'll 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 tune into them. So uh, thanks, Joe, for coming and hang out. But once again, I was saying like uh, Pat McAfee, uh, you know he, he was a an athlete. So I expected him to have a good match. Overall, I think bell to bell he had a good he had a better match. But I mean, based all off of expectations, Bad Bunny blew it out of the water because I was like, what's he going to do? And like, he had a pretty good entrance too. He came in on this big 18 wheeler and mm-hmm. I think the fans were into it as well. And I mean, he's got a pretty big fan base himself though, through his music. So, um, yeah, it was a, a very impressive performance from Bad Bunny. I wonder if I was quite expecting him to win, but while, well, okay, I'm kidding. I think I picked him to win. Uh, but I thought maybe Damien, they were going to try to help get Damien Priest over, which I think they did a little bit, but, um, man, it was, uh, it was, a, it was quite the scene watching Bad Bunny fly around the ring like that, flying off the, the, the turnbuckle to the outside of the ring, uh, doing the bunny destroyer. That was, I was, I was highly sports entertained at, at Bad Bunny. I will tell you that right now. So a lot of folks wanted Bad Bunny to even like sign a WWE contract, like, they were like WWE. You got to sign Bad Bunny, or you got to see more of them. A lot of folks were like, I, "I would be happy to see more of Bad Bunny in a wrestling ring." So, uh, great job by Bad Bunny. He came in, you know, has he's you know he's also been a fan for a long time too. So, you know, he put some respect on the the pro wrestling industry. He came in and uh, did what he you know had to do. He didn't make a, a joke out of it or anything like that. He came in and you know he. I mean, he did everything like a true professional wrestler. Well, if we opinion. get another variant of COVID, people might get that because he won't be able to go on his like tour. Well, his tour is not till next year, so I think it'll be I think it'll be all right. Yeah, look, that's what Joe, Joe agrees. He, uh, if I can get my mouse to work here, glad he took it seriously and wasn't just cashing in. Yeah, you're right, and uh, and I, I I don't know how much they paid him. I'm sure they paid him pretty well. But, you know, he as a guy who's been a fan of it, you know, and he's got so much money already as it is. Like, if anything, he knew in his mind, you know, WrestleMania is a huge show. Like, and even though I got my name out there to a lot of folks, I'm going to get my name out there to, a you know, this vast audience that WWE has, especially during WrestleMania. I'm going to get my name out there. And I, I think... His his performance, you know, he I think he knew I need to go in here and like do this right so I can win over these fans and I can now because I, I guarantee you he gained a lot more fans from the wrestling world, you know, in his with his performance at WrestleMania. I mean, I became a, I'm a fan of Bad Bunny as Bad Bunny, maybe not so much as a rapper or whatever kind of I, I think he does Latin hip hop something like that. I've never really listened to his music. I'm not saying it's bad. I just it's not my you know oh, it's not my bad. thing. But you know, I, I I gain respect for him as far as you know as a you know as, as as Bad Bunny, I guess you know just as the the person, Bad Bunny the person, so to speak. So uh, I'm impressed. Like I said, I'm one of those guys who would love to see Bad Bunny again in, in WWE. So uh, if I was at a show and he came out, I'll, I'm cheering for that dude. He's getting <laughs> he's getting a pop out of me. 
I will tell you that right now. But that uh, that kind of sums up night one, I guess. Oh, and the Om- Omos debut, which I wasn't extremely impressed because he didn't really do much. But when you're that big, you don't have to do much. No, you don't. But eh, I, I was hoping I was hoping to see a little more out of him. But you know, it wasn't. He probably still doesn't know what he's doing. He's probably they probably rushed him out there. Yeah, and I mean, you know, have your first match at WrestleMania, but you also had AJ with you. But you know, AJ, we know we know how good AJ he is. But um, <laughs> Joe says music is awful. <laughs> yeah, it well, is pretty bad. <laughs> well, I know it's a lot. I know it's in like Spanish, and I can't understand Spanish. So just if I can't understand the words, that are automatically. You remember when that Ric Flair drip song came out? I do remember Rick that. On the uh, video with him. Well, Bad Bunny also did a song about Booker T as well. So yeah, yeah, he played that during one of uh, Booker T's intros. It was so yep. bad. Well, they, he performed it at uh, at, Ro- at the Royal Rumble. That's right. That's right. He did perform at the Royal Rumble. So, but uh, but night one that uh, the Omos debut. Uh, it, to me, it was a little underwhelming, but they're the new Raw Tag Team Champions. So I'm guessing they're gonna you know they're, they're gonna have to defend it one way or the other at some point. Unless they're like they did like Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode, they were the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, and I don't think they. It might have been two months they went without defending their belts. So, um, but the Raw Tag Team titles they haven't really done done that with. Um, now night two, night two was completely different uh, as far as uh, fans, you know, liking it. Um, the opening match was Orton versus the Fiend, and at this point, man. What are they doing with the fiend? Uh, like, I picked him to win the match. I said, okay, he's back. There, this is going to be the start of an amazing run by the fiend. He's gonna, you know, because I thought Orton was gonna go off a of TV for a little while. So I thought maybe they were, you know, the fiend was gonna beat him, bury him, do burn him. I don't know something, and Orton was gonna be gone for a while, mm-hmm. and. You know, Alexa Bliss came out, and the the entrance was fantastic. I loved the Fiend's entrance. He was in this giant, um, what they call those things, a Jack in the Box. Yeah, Jack in the Box. Yeah. Um, and Alexa comes out to her the you know the the Alexis Playhouse theme, and she's out in her you know, her cute little outfit or whatever. And you know, God there's the big her. Jack Jack uh, Jack in the land uh, Jack in the Box at ringside, and she's you know turning the, you know, the whatever you want to call it the lever, and you know, they're playing the Jack in the Box song, and then when it's done, pops open, the Fiend's music hits, he comes up out of there. Really cool entrance. I thought the entrance was so cool. And then he kind of like walked around up there like he didn't know where he like he didn't know where he was going for a second. He was I thought he was trying to find a way to get down, maybe. And then he turns back and looks at Orton for a little bit. And then he just jumps off the the box onto Orton and then they start fighting. And they keep the damn red light on too. I, I the fans hate the red light. I don't know why they use it, but it's like all red during his match, and I'm not a fan of it either. But uh, <laughs> I can imagine Cornette, Bucky the Beaver likes the red light. It's so <laughs> yeah, cinematic. Probably so probably so, but um, yeah, I'm just not a fan of the red light. It's just it's not very easy on the eyes, at least my eyes, and you know, get some normal lighting in there. But anyway, fast forward. Um, I'm trying to remember how it started, but they had some. I think he was going for Sister Abigail, and then like 
Kane's fire pyro starts, even though it wasn't really Kane, but the fire, you know, how when Kane yeah. lifts, you know, that pyro came up. And then Alexa is sitting on top after the fire pyro goes off. Alexa is sitting at the top of the jack uh, the I keep calling it jack the jack-in-the-box. And she has, like, all this black liquid just falling down her face. Looking evil as hell. Yeah, it was it was quite the sight, I'll tell you that. But uh, And then this distracts the Fiend. Orton hits an RKO, wins the match, and then just takes off. And then, like, the Fiend kind of, like, gets up, and they looks at Alexa, and then the lights go out, lights come back on, and then they're both gone. And it's like, what was that? <laughs> so... Um, I think they kind of explained it on Monday. I don't remember what they said. Or Alexa gave her reasoning, I guess, behind it. I forgot what she said, but nonetheless, it was the fans were booing the hell out of that. So, um, and then what else happened on night two? I mean, she was afraid of getting her ass kicked by Orton's wife, so she was like, uh, "We got to kill this feud." Uh, I, maybe so. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> that could be it as well. I know Kim wasn't a fan of how Alexa, I guess, uh, pinned Randy Orton. Yeah, you know <laughs> a few a few weeks ago or whenever it was, uh, that I, I was know man. someone who was a fan of that, Randy Orton. Yeah, Randy Orton. Uh, it's like that time when I think they were doing the mix match challenge. Uh, Alexa and Braun were a tag team, and like Braun was standing on the outside of the ring, and Alexa was on the apron, and then somebody ran. I don't forget who they were fighting, but runs hits Alexa onto Braun. And like Braun falls down, and like Alexa just like sitting on top oh, of yeah. him. And I was like, and they were just kind of like, they had that moment where I was like, oh my God, I'd, I'd be like, please, you have to get off now. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but, but so uh, night two, let's see, what, I'm trying to remember what happened on night two. Uh, they had the triple threat match with, uh, of course, Roman, Edge, and Daniel Bryan. Uh, where Roman retained, uh, both world champions retained, by the way, too. It's a that's the first time that's happened since WrestleMania 34, where AJ retained against Nakamura and Lesnar retained the Universal title against um, Roman Reigns. But both uh, both retained both heels too. That's another thing uh, as well. Of course, I guess well no AJ wasn't a heel at WrestleMania 34, but Lesnar was. But um, a riddle lost the U.S. title to Sheamus, and the finish to that match was was kind of interesting because Riddle was running to the ropes. He bounces off the second rope, kind of does like a, a backflip, and as he's doing the backflip or moonsault, and Sheamus hits him with a bro kick and like busted his lip open. like and he was So he was bleeding from the mouth, and Sheamus won the match, but um, yeah, that was... Uh, that was an interesting finish because then you can see on, on Monday night I watched and uh, Riddle's lip is like all like swollen and stuff. So like he took a legit boot to the mouth. Nice. Uh, during that backflip. Um, Rhea Ripley won the Raw Women's title at 24 years old. That was a little bit of a surprise there. Um, I, I noticed how long we've been talking already and we're still only talking about WrestleMania. We still got things to talk about here, but that's fine. We, we're not under a time limit. So. No. Nah. Um, but yeah, she, yeah. Riddle took a, a, that 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 lick from from Sheamus's foot, and uh, Sheamus became the new uh, champion there. I'm trying to remember what else happened on night two because I don't have it written exactly in front of me. It seems like a year ago we were talking about how Sheamus was going to have to retire because of this 
condition he had with his spine yeah. narrowing in his neck, and that dude's never stopped. Yeah, you're right about that. I do remember that. I think it was, I think it feels like it was longer than that yeah. uh, ago, but you're right about that. But um, but yeah, night two. I'm trying to think if there was anything else you know that happened of significance. Um, the Bellas came out and God bless them both of be- them beat up uh Bailey who was trolling uh, Hogan and and Titus O'Neil. By the way, um, they were booing the hell out of Hogan at WrestleMania, <laughs> and WWE I'm pretty sure was trying to pipe in some like cheers like so that it wasn't noticeable. But I saw a live. A cell phone video, not a, well, it wasn't live. I when I watched it, but somebody was filming at WrestleMania <laughs> when Hogan was talking. You can definitely hear everyone booing him. So um, that was very, very interesting. Uh, but yeah, so WrestleMania overall, night one was better than night two. I uh, I enjoyed it though for the most. The part. overall experience on like a grade school grade level here, A to an F. Me, I would give it. I tell you what, after night one, I had it at like a, I had it about a, a, a B, B plus, but after night two, uh, I don't want to give him a C because overall I enjoyed it. I give him a B minus. B minus. I, I would give WrestleMania. And that's just me. Everybody has their, you know, opinions, but I thought it, I thought it was good. Yeah. Wasn't the best WrestleMania ever, but it wasn't the worst. So I don't even know what the worst one was. All right. Wednesday Night War. It's officially over. And, Finite. Uh, th- do what? I was giving you some bad bunny there. Finite. Finito. Finite. And, I don't even know if that's Spanish. And it's it's pretty clear who won the the Wednesday night Wednesday night war. Considering the the loser moved it to Tuesday nights, but uh, we're gonna do a little recap of the Wednesday night war. It was obviously a big deal. It was something fans kept up with every week. The ratings, you know, because you got your NXT people and you got your AEW people, and they were all they were going at it. Even last night in, uh, I'm I'm in this uh, Discord, the Internet Wrestling Discord. I think like that comes from Reddit, and they have an AEW Dynamite, you know, chat room, and there were so many people in there. Talking about NXT this and and WWE that and everybody was like, what the hell's going on in here? We were talking about we're supposed to be, we're supposed to be talking about dynamite, and it was it was an interesting chat last night. So I think a lot of the folks who typically watch NXT or WWE they were like, we're gonna check out AEW, and as a matter of fact, the ratings showed that. But before we get to the ratings of the first week post Wednesday Night War, let's talk about the war itself. It started, of course, on October second, two thousand nineteen. And since then, I think there's been 75 Wednesdays where they've gone head to head. And of those 75, out of total the total viewership, Dynamite won 63 of those, NXT won 10 of those, and there was two two Wednesdays where they tied. So, 63 out of 75, Dynamite won total viewership. Sounds pretty pretty dominant, you you would say? Shouldn't we expect that though? I mean, AEW Dynamite—that's their main show, yeah. Right? Their mm-hmm. developmental shows are just on YouTube. Yeah. Now we have a WWE developmental show. These guys, up to WWE standards, aren't necessarily main roster talent just yet. That's why they're in their developmentals. Shouldn't AEW one? You know what i I partially agree with you on that because. 
while, in my opinion, NXT is no longer a developmental show, it still has that stigma as a developmental show because prior, because I would say about two or three years ago is when it started becoming like, as far as the the quality of the product, it's up there, if not better than Raw and SmackDown. Right. And even the a lot of fans would agree with that. And ever since I, I think they, they did NXT, they con- included them with um, Raw and SmackDown in the Survivor Series that year. It was 2019, I believe it was. That's right whenever they went on to, to cable and USA Network. Since then, I, I, I would disagree that they're developmental because they've also brought some people back. They brought Finn Balor back. They brought um, Ember Moon back. They brought some people back from the main roster at times as well. And like even like Charlotte Flair last year went down to, you know, she won the Royal Rumble and went down to NXT and challenged Rhea Ripley for the NXT Women's Championship at WrestleMania. So in the last couple of years, it's that NXT has uh, become basically a third brand. And I don't even want to say third is in their, their last, but they're one of the three. They're not just, it's not Raw, SmackDown, and then NXT. It's Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. They, you know, they're, basically in the same category now as far as i'm concerned and then that's the thing the problem with it is up until that point they were by most people considered developmental even though they were probably putting out a much better product than wwe and um smack i mean raw and smackdown but they've been around since what 2012 i think is when they really you know originated as a as a show on the network and and uh, and even back then, they used you know main roster people to kind of get it going, and then they started building up their own people. And it took a little while for them to get you know obviously where they were, but then they started doing these takeovers. I think in 2014 they started doing those takeovers, and then the takeovers started getting better and better and better. And it's like, man, these guys are developmental. Like these guys are putting on a show out here. Mm-hmm. And then AEW came around, and now like I said, AEW is their a show, and. Uh, in my opinion, NXT is as a from a fan perspective, you, NXT could probably be considered the uh, the the A show. But like you said, on a WWE perspective, they're the C show is what it is. Even from a fan's perspective, they're a C show because that is up until the the Wednesday Night War, that is what it was perceived as. Because you got you know if anybody comes in with the exception of like AJ Styles. You had to go through NXT to get to Raw or SmackDown. That's just the the visual that was portrayed by WWE. And now that they're, you know, not on the same night anymore, as far as NXT and AEW, hopefully, you know, you, they're going to get, you know, everybody that was watching AEW reli- religiously will tune into NXT. And everyone who was tuning into NXT religiously will tune in now to AEW and raise everyone's... Uh, ratings up but before i get to the ratings of, of this week you i was talking about how dominant you know total viewership out of 75 wednesdays dynamite 63 out of 75 you'd say that's pretty dominant right almost definitely so let's look now the key demo persons 18 to 49 75 wednesdays the per the the, the dynamite won the key demo out of 75 nights 74 
out of 75 nights won wow. the key demographic. NXT won one night. I don't even remember what night it was, but one night NXT, and it was it was back early in, in the war. It was probably early 2020 maybe. I think NXT got a .27 and AEW got a .25, so barely beat them. But and there was also five nights in in the last in, in, during the war where they didn't go head to head. Like I think one, where one show didn't play at the same time, or whatever the case may be. But out of seventy five nights where they went head to head, Dynamite won the key demo seventy four out of seventy five times. So that's that's dominance right there. So it's obvious that you know Dynamite won the war. There's no question about it. And I helped. You know, I I, I, believe, I like to believe I helped with that because I like I said <laughs> I watched I watched AEW a lot more than I did NXT and I love NXT. Don't get me wrong, I've watched a lot of the takeovers, but I guess for me, you know, watching Dynamite, you know, a few years ago we started getting into New Japan Pro Wrestling when we started doing the podcast, um, and I, you know, Brink's one of the guys that put me onto. On Actually, Brink is the guy that put me on the New Japan Pro Wrestling. He said, you got to check this out. This stuff's good. And I started watching it. And as I started watching it, you know, we see the rise of this guy named Kenny Omega, who then went to have this five-star match with Okada. And they're talking about these five-star matches and how good they are. And I'm like, I got to check this out. So start watching. I'm like, okay. And I start getting into it a little bit. And I, I actually, I do enjoy New Japan Pro Wrestling. I would watch it. If it came on at a at a decent time here in America, but it comes on at 4 a.m. and there, there's never a night of my life where I'm not sleeping at 4 a.m. unless it's like crazy circumstances. But and if I don't if I can't watch it live, I just I, I don't have the urge to watch it later. I guess. But yeah. Um. So I wish New Japan would come on at a decent time here in America. But you know they're based in Japan and it's the world we live in. They're you know uh, like a day and a half ahead of us time wise. But uh, so I started watching New Japan, and obviously, you know, Kenny was a, a big factor in New Japan. The Young Bucks were in New Japan with, you know, their Ring of Honor partnership. Cody was there as well. So I got to, and I knew already knew Cody from WWE, and I heard I had heard of the Young Bucks because I know they were in TNA way back when, and Brinkman introduced them to me. So I kind of knew about them already, um, and I started watching. I started enjoying some of these other guys like Will Ospreay. Um, and, you know, Hangman Adam Page was another guy uh, I was, you know, exposed to uh, watching New Japan that I had never seen before, became a fan of his. And all of these guys said, we're going to AEW. And then AEW pulls Jericho. And I'm like, awesome. We're going to have, like, a New Japan style. Well, maybe not necessarily a New Japan style, but a lot of the guys are coming from New Japan. They're going to wrestle here in America, and we're going to have an American based wrestling promotion with all these guys who wrestle more similarly to a new Japan versus a WWE. That makes sense. So I was pumped up about it. Started watching AEW when they came on Wednesday nights. I've enjoyed most shows. There's been some shows that have been more lackluster than others, but lately I've been, I mean, I've been really enjoying it. uh, AEW. So uh, I'm glad now that both shows are on different nights, but because uh, I'm ready to try and enjoy some NXT as well. I, I watched the takeovers last week, and I enjoyed a lot of the things I saw there, uh, including Karrion Cross getting the NXT championship back. Um, a little upset that my boy Finn lost, but 
hey, it's a uh, you know I, I I'm I think I'm gonna enjoy the carrying cross uh, reign uh, of the NXT Championship, and also because we're gonna get to see a lot more Scarlet Bordeaux. But yes, um, but this past week was the first week of uh, the end of the Wednesday Night Wars. NXT Tuesday night, 805,000 viewers and a .22 demo rating, which is their viewers. That's their highest viewership since October of uh, October 28th of last year, which was their Halloween Havoc show. So their highest rating in, what, that's what, six months? Mm-hmm. Six, seven months? And then AEW, uh, their numbers came out earlier today. 1.219 million people watched AEW Dynamite, which is 400 plus more than watched NXT and AEW got the .44 demo rating, which is their highest demo rating since December 9th, which was the week after Omega beat Moxley for the uh, AEW World Championship. And that's when Don Callis showed up and they left and they went, they actually showed up to Impact the night before and then showed up, you know, and everybody was wondering what's going on. Like they, you know, that's when the forbidden door, so to speak, kind of got kicked down for the first time uh, between AEW and Impact, and so they got that that rating there. But before that, it wasn't, it hadn't been since October twenty third of two thousand and nineteen. So it'd been well over a year since they had gotten that point four four demographic. Uh, which was the high, the last time they had that high of a demo rating, and also the the viewership this last night for AEW was their second highest viewership ever behind their debut episode. So uh, things seem to be looking up for AEW. Um, it's going to be interesting though because you know a lot of there's a lot of talk about all the NXT diehards said we know what we're going to tune in. And see what AEW is all about because we hadn't been watched. Because there's, you know, as as crazy as it sounds to me, because I've been watching it every week, there have been people who probably have not watched a single minute of Dynamite or AEW for that matter. So they have no clue what's going on in AEW. They've been watching NXT every Wednesday night. Uh, there may be those people. So those people tuned in uh, last night. We'll see if, uh, you know, next week if they tune back out and see what the ratings look like, you know. I think this this shows that AEW fans are a bunch of a holes because <laughs> the NXT mean? fans were cool enough to check out AEW, but the <laughs> AEW fans said, "Screw NXT, we're not watching them on a Tuesday night." Well, we're, we're, you know, there's this, you know, the shows are the shows go on, so we're gonna find out and see, you know, now that because, like I said, maybe some people, you know, for the two hypothetically, I'm assuming two hundred thousand more people watched. Um, AEW, I mean, uh, NXT this week than the previous week, and all 200,000 of those were AEW fans, maybe. I don't know. But maybe they liked what they saw. Either that or it was people who were logging on to watch JAG on USA. (laughs) And they were like, what the crap is this? (laughs) Who knows? But, um, you know, I like what what NXT is doing. So, um, you know, they got Taya Valkyrie now. Because uh, she is the new cruiserweight champion, you know a lot of folks who probably watch AEW has watched New Japan. Remember Kushida? Um, he was a big thing in New Japan, and now he's in NXT. He's the NXT cruiserweight champion. So he he won after uh, who's the other guy that won it? Son uh, last week issued an open challenge. Kushida comes out and wins the belt. But um, 
had yeah, time be, to issue an open challenge. Yeah, I know, right? Um, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, next week what the the ratings are. Uh, if AEW goes down, if so, how much they go down. If NXT goes down, how much are you know the the, the movement from this week to next week will be very interesting. It's gonna, I think it'll it'll say a lot about you know where you know where they where the ratings could be heading for each show. Right. Moving forward, now that they don't have to go, you know, head to head with one another. All right. You want to go ahead and get into a rumor mill? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, I don't. I just wrote down rumor mill on my my, my things. You got all the rumor <laughs> mill stuff. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know much about it. You you gave me some vague, um, you know, the vague topics of them, but wanted uh, to keep it kind of secret. Yeah, I like I like secrets. I'm all about secrets. I because you know I get a, I give a natural reaction to it. So. So we talked about Riddle getting blasted in the face from Sheamus. Now, according to CageSeats.com, the United States title match, um, it was changed at the very last second. Riddle was supposed to retain, but it was adjusted in favor for continuing the feud with Sheamus. What do you think about that? I think I did read something about that. And you like the feud they're having? Or are you entertained? I'm liking. I'm a fan of Riddle right now because they're. It's funny because they're making him out to be like a stoner without actually saying he's a stoner, and like it's it's so funny. But um, I mean, I, I'm I'm enjoying anything that Riddle's doing right now. I'd love to see him continue to fight Sheamus for the U.S. Championship um, because as long as Riddle's got gold around him in WWE, they're going to use him. Especially if it's the hopefully they're going to use him at least. Uh, but I'd like to think they will. Uh, it's more likely they will use him if he's got gold versus if he doesn't. So mm-hmm. I'd like to see the U.S. title get back on to, to Riddle. And I know I did read something about how originally it was supposed to be Keith Lee that was actually supposed to have the United States title, and then they had to take him out of that that match, I think at Fastlane maybe, and I think because he got COVID. And uh, hopefully he's going to be back soon. Uh, I think they'll they'll throw him into the picture as well, the U.S. title picture. So I don't know if Riddle's going to continue to be in it even or not. I don't know. It depends on when, I guess, Keith Lee's going to come back. But, yeah, I would definitely love to see this uh, feud continue and Riddle get back that belt because I'm enjoying some some Matt Riddle as of late. I keep saying Matt Riddle. I know his name's Riddle, but it's Matt Riddle as far as I'm concerned. So next up in the rumor mill, according to Variety Magazine, Triple uh, Triple W, WWE President Nick Khan. That name sound familiar? Yeah, very familiar. No relation to Tony Khan, though. That is, I, I remember seeing that name under that title a while back, and I was thinking, that's highly ironic. So WWE President Nick Khan told Variety Magazine, the WWE has plans to, well, I'm butchering this one. WWE has plans to return to the road, but it isn't ready to share them yet. What do you think about, because for a while there, they were thinking about shutting down house shows because they were losing money, right? Yeah. But and now you got to deal with, you know, if you're going to a state that still has some COVID restrictions. I think what they're going to do, um, I mean, ultimately, yeah, they're going to get back on the road. And I mean, of course, I, I think they do have a plan, you know, because I mean, you know, the WWE knows what they're doing as far as going on the road. You know, they, they got that down, but as far they you know, they're going to need, especially if they go back on the road at a certain point, obviously they're going to need like safety protocols and things like that, depending on where they go. 
Um, but you know they pulled it off for Mania, twenty five thousand. I know there's been rumors or, or whatever of, and I don't know if it, it may it may even you know be a fact that people caught COVID at WrestleMania and it might have got spread around there. But I think you know, I think at this point there's no preventing it if you're not vaccinated. So you know whatever, but um, it's gonna happen until everybody gets vaccinated enough to where we have herd immunity. But you know, they, I think it worked well for WrestleMania. Uh, as far as the company goes, I did read that they feel as WrestleMania was a success. I don't know if it, they meant that from a standpoint of having the fans back, but, uh, certainly just as an event, the event as a whole was a success. So, and I, I think they did a you know good job of probably, you know, having the safety protocols with the fans and all that stuff, requiring masks, whatever the case may be. But whatever it takes to, you know, get fans back, get on the road and and fill the stadiums back up, you know, let's do it. I'm, I'm after seeing WrestleMania with all those fans and uh, having to go back to the Thunderdome on Monday night, I, I was like, oh, man, this is kind of demoralizing. But in AEW every other week, they, you know, they have a live show um, and they record the other one. But, you know, they have fans there and. You know they're socially distanced. They've been doing it for a while now. Mm-hmm. I don't see why WWE and it's all in, they're all in the state of Florida. And Florida at this point, I don't think they care anyway. So, um, you know, WWE's in in the, I think they're in the Tampa. They're still in the Tampa area. They're at the University of South Florida now. You know, AEW's up in Jacksonville. Uh, so, you know, the COVID restrictions are a lot less over there, I guess, so to speak. Uh, they're not as strict. There you go. That's a good term to look for. So, uh, obviously, when they go back on the road, it's going to vary from state to state. But even for now, like try and get some fans in the, you know, in the, uh, in in the South Florida, and maybe South Florida won't allow it. I don't know. But the Thunderdome thing's pretty cool, I guess. But after a while, you know, you want the fans back because that that's I mean that's that's the show right there is the fans and. Um, I'm hoping, you know, sooner than later, if uh, maybe I, if they, for some reason they can't get fans back by SummerSlam, they're going to have an event with, just like they did with Mania. They'll have the fans there and, and everything. But I expect by the end of the summer, I mean, you got to definitely, you know, Mike, you, I think you, I'm sorry, David, uh, you, uh, you kind of went away there. Oh, there you are. Uh, had to stand up for a second. Oh, okay, that, that that's that's what it was. You went away, and uh, I was like, "Well, hopefully you didn't disconnect, because that means maybe I'm disconnected." But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah maybe they're, maybe the two they're saying we don't care if we lose money on live shows anymore. We got this peacock money, baby. Yeah, and that that's another thing too. They got a billion dollar deal with USA for Raw. They got a billion dollar deal with Fox for SmackDown, and now they got a billion dollar deal with Peacock. Damn it! So they got. $3 billion worth of deals just from those three. So they're doing okay with money. I mean, I, I'm not exactly sure what the exact numbers are for on a yearly basis for the Raw and SmackDown ones, but they're getting $250 million a year from Peacock. Wow. $250 million a year just from Peacock. I mean, that's that, that's some dough right there. That's crazy. And I know you ain't paying them wrestlers. Like, half of them wrestlers ain't making more than a million a year. Yeah. So that's a lot of money right there that they're, they're, they're raking in. Backing up earlier reports, a source told Ringside News, Becky Lynch, 
she was supposed to return at uh, WrestleMania 30. It was discussed and prepared for, but apparently never decided on. I wonder if it got like uh, some I paperwork, was, got on some other paperwork. And at the end, they were like, oh, crap. We were supposed to have Becky Lynch on the show. Yeah. Here she is with the baby. Yeah, the new baby. So, um, and then the black cat there just kind of mean. That evil that. ass cat. Yeah, that cat's like, why are you taking a picture? But yeah, I was expecting Becky to show up. I when that that they had the segment in night two where Bailey came out and was harassing Hogan and and Titus, and I thought Becky was about to come out and like do something. But then the Bellas came out, and I was kind of disappointed because I was fully expecting Becky. But you know, it's the week after Mania right now. Uh, she didn't show up on Raw, which is where she was before she took her her pregnancy leave. So she didn't show up there. Um. Chances are maybe she shows up on SmackDown. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I don't know why she would show up on SmackDown. Maybe next Monday she'll show up. But um, according to the you know the president, she'll be back. You know sooner than later. I believe was his uh, his words that he used. Sooner yeah. than later, and the same, he said the same thing about Ronda, except not sooner than later. But Ronda will be back at some point, which we hadn't seen her now in, in two years. So. She was supposed to go start a family, and I, I don't know what she's waiting on. But well, but apparently, she, Travis she not, is shooting well, blanks. Well, maybe they're having troubles. If they're having troubles, that's their business. But um, you know, I, I thought that was the the reason why she, you know, she took a hiatus, and and whether or not they're, try, you know, they've tried and failed, I don't know. But uh, well, she probably was like, "Damn, I made all this money, and it's really fun sitting at home playing with all these chickens and goats." Maybe so. I don't know, but uh, instead of getting beat up, but according to the president, we're gonna see Ronda Rousey back uh, at some point. And uh, I, I'm, per- you know, a lot of folks are not wanting to see Ronda. I'm, I'm personally hoping to see Ronda because, you know, when she was around, there was always that buzz. You know, she yeah. had, she gave WWE that buzz. So, I mean, she was kind of the reason the women main event at WrestleMania 35, in my opinion. So, um, you know, that's the kind of things she brought to WWE. So I'm, I'm hoping to see her back as well. All right. And the last one, apparently Eva Lise from AEW put out a tweet saying she had been released and then pretty quickly took it down. Now the company hasn't really responded to it, but she's saying in another interview that Thunder Rosa is the issue, the former NWA women's champion and who is now on the AEW roster. Uh, she says she's very unprofessional and she was saying that initially uh, she tries to hurt people in the ring. And she's always, and this is the way I took it. I'm reading in the context here, sleeping with the agents or the producers backstage to get what she wants. So Thunder Rose is doing that? According That's what Lisa's saying. Where did you see that at? That's some, uh, uh, that was, that's some pretty spicy stuff there. Yeah, uh, let's see. It's a deleted tweet. Because uh, I saw somebody, I don't know if it was Thunder Rosa, or somebody was tweeting and said something about Ivy Lease earlier, but I didn't really pay that much attention to it. That was on 411 Mania. Okay, well. Oh, we have a, a new release. Uh, from WWE, which was uh, well, probably right as we went on the air because it was an hour ago. But uh, Mojo oh, Rawley has been now released from WWE. So Mojo Rawley, 
has been added to the list of uh, releases. Where did uh, Matt Cordona go to? Did he go to Ring of Honor? Or is he an impact? Uh, I, I want to say he showed up at AEW for a little bit. Yeah. But um, I don't know if he's. I think he's Ring of Honor. It might, he might be. I'm not 100% sure where he's at right now. But yeah, Mojo Rawley has been added to the list of releases for today. So there could be more. Can we see a Hype Bros reunion? I wouldn't mind it. I, I enjoyed the Hype Bros. I think, uh, you know, if they show up in another, like if they show up in Impact or uh, well, a place with fans, I think the fans will appreciate it. And the story that you told about Mojo Rawley, uh, about the power that he has over the females was absolutely epic. Oh, yes. that Well, that was probably the same night, or it was one of those nights that WWE came to uh, Lake Charles, and I think it was a different night. From, we, we were talking about Peyton and uh, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay earlier trying to talk to the fans, and Orton's RV coming in and ruining that. But one night, we had like second-row seats um, to a house show in Lake Charles, and there was, I don't even remember who was with me, but they had a group of girls, I think, sitting a couple of rows behind me. And Mojo Raleigh comes out. And, and let's preface this by saying, uh, if you have them in the Southwest Louisiana, the caliber of women down here, as Borat would say, quite nice. Yeah, they. I mean... Everywhere you go, well, I say not everywhere, but most places you go, especially like a, a bigger city like this, there's going to be some quality of women. But Not Portland. Well, I, I've never been to Portland, so I don't know. But, not Seattle. And I don't even remember getting a look at these girls, but they were, I, I, w- I would have hung out with them. Let's just say that. But uh, Mojo comes out and... I think he's. I don't, it was, I don't know if it was before the match or during the match or after the match, but at one point he spots him and he's kind of talking to him or, or whatever. And I don't even remember what was said or whatever, but I think he, you know, he got the attention of a WWE official and said, hey, those girls, bring them backstage. And probably like maybe 20, 30 minutes later or so, an official comes up to him and they brings them backstage. And I don't know what happened after that, but. You know what happened after that? Nah, I don't know. I don't want to speculate. Come on, but, but um, I, I'm and I'm not even sure that you know they went back there to see Mojo. But I no. put two and two together, and it seemed like maybe Mojo told one Stop. of the officials or somebody say, "Get those girls." And I'm sure he's not the only wrestler that's ever done that, but he's the only one I've ever seen in person do that. So, uh, so shout out to Mojo for pulling those girls. Hopefully, you uh, <laughs> you, you had a good time with those girls, and you know. Good, good old fashioned Southwest Louisiana girls. That's right. Some good Southern girls. Well, Patrick, that's a show. Ninety four, yep. almost in the can. Yeah, we got to work on our timing a little bit more. We went way. Or I was not thinking we were going to go over time, but we. Uh, I, I know well, I we had two a lot. nights at WrestleMania. Usually, we only have one night. Yeah, you're right. And I, I talked a lot, and I got I got to work on that too. So I got to let you get some more words in, edgewise, dude. Well, if you're talking about just like I said, if you were talking about WrestleMania thirty seven. All I can say is, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't watch it. I'm gonna work on I'm gonna work on that for next week. So that way you can, you can get some shine to it there, Mr. Mr. D. Oh, that's all right. But all right, man. Yeah, go ahead and uh I got nothing else. If you got nothing else, take us home. Yeah, if you're still in watching us on here, thank you so much for sticking in. We got two viewers right now. 
That's a pretty good on a first episode back after almost a two-year layoff. Shout out to everybody watching right now. Come back next Thursday, 6 o'clock. We'll be here every Thursday, 6 o'clock. That's uh, right. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, at The Average Marks. Also, right down there, you see our Patreon page. Um, if you like what we do and you want to give a dollar a month, that's the place to do it. We sure would appreciate it. If you want to get you some uh, wrestling streetwear, collarandelbowbrand.com, you can get 10% off your order with the code word, the average marks, one word in the checkout. All right, Patrick, get us out of here, son. Outro. You've been listening to the Average Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast with David Boston and Patrick Fry. All opinions discussed in the show are those of the Average Marks and do not represent any wrestling company, organization, or individual. This has been a Lake Area Media LLC production.